Back to Pretty Good Vibrations, the podcast that both celebrates and analyzes pop and rock music and the crucial role it plays in our lives. And I've been thinking about power pop and the power pop revival a lot since recording those tournament episodes with Steve. And I, I had three additional thoughts and I thought, let's just put them into a little uh, mini solo episode that people can listen to or skip, depending on how interested they are in this genre. Uh, and those three topics are Nirvana as a power pop revival band. Kind of wish we had thrown them in the tournament because I really do think that they count, although it's not every song, of course. The second is uh, that I, part of me is regretting not including Weezer just because we didn't get a chance to talk about Weezer as a power pop group. And so I thought I'll play a couple clips and just talk a little bit about how I hear them fitting into that genre. And then third, uh, third and uh, last and least, uh, Sherwood. I was reading some, <laughs> I was reading a couple reviews of our second record. I use this website, rateyourmusic.com. Um, it helps me especially kind of make judgments on what is a good genre to put a band into or a particular album of a band. Uh, it also gives me ideas of other bands in that genre that I might be missing. It's one of uh, my favorite tools to use to work on this show. It's definitely It definitely skews very music nerd. Like really obscure indie bands will have like half as many reviews as like a really big band. But that's especially good for kind of catching the smaller artists. Anyway, so I was on there and I was like, I wonder what they people describe Sherwood as, and we got the power pop tag, um, on a couple of our albums in the genre area, but also one or two of the reviews uh, that came out in 2007 for a different light. Our second album were recreated on this side, or maybe they get ported over from like music review sites or something. And they mentioned it there too. And I was like, Oh shit, that's right. And it's kind of making a lot of connections for me. So I want to talk about that at the end. But let's start with Nirvana, shall we? So I'm almost positive that we talked about all apologies on the very first episode, uh, the power pop walkthrough that I did with John Van Dusen. Um, but that was over a year ago. And I don't know how many people have heard that. And anyway, it's just fresh. So I want to play a couple Nirvana songs here that I think really make the case that Cobain was doing a very Beatles influenced thing. Uh, he is on record in interviews saying that John Lennon was his favorite Beatle. The song about a girl, which I'm going to play a version of uh, in a few minutes. He said he wrote that song after like listening to the Beatles all night. Uh, one time. And then I think he woke up the next day and wrote that not trying to write a Beatles song, but that's what came out of him. But I figured this out uh, watching that documentary montage of heck about Kurt Cobain's life, which if you haven't seen, I, I would highly recommend. I think it's really well done. And I just kept noticing these little, I, I guess what I would call, you know, Steve called pop songs on the power pop episode, puzzle boxes, like these little puzzles that just fit together perfectly. 
And you could think of a whole song that way, but you can also think of even just a part of a song, like four chords and a melody that gets repeated, but there's something uh, interesting going on. And then you do it again to sort of lodge it in people's mind. And this is a way that the Beatles would often write songs. And I think it's how Kurt often wrote songs as well. The thing that I played, uh, let's start with all apologies. um, And especially the, the final part of the chorus where they just hang on that one chord, uh, it's the four chord in the scale, that same chord, and he's kind of doing the final part of the chorus and then that little tag at the end, you can just imagine it being played by the Fab Four. Uh, so put on your Beatles thinking caps and here's all apologies. that guitar riff that that sounds like a Beatles riff to me I it's just it's such a cool uh in my mind it's a cool connection to to find between this band that you think of as primarily angsty kind of snotty almost doing for pop culture what the Sex Pistols did in the 70s right like uh, corporate rock sucks. You know, we are these like poster child. I mean, Kurt was the poster child for Gen X rock stardom. And yet at the heart of what he's doing is essentially the same thing the Beatles are doing. And I was thinking about it last night. I thought that makes sense. Like for the band to, for whatever band sort of ends up on the top of the heap of a movement, a genre. So we'll call it grunge in the nineties. That is unquestionably Nirvana. They are the number one uh, in that world. When we do a grunge tournament, they'll be the number one seed. I'm positive. So that band, whoever that band needs to be, it makes sense that their songwriting would essentially do whatever the Beatles did because it has to be so universally appreciable. You know, Mud Honey was just never going to reach a billion people with their music the way Nirvana probably has, if not more over time. So it it's dressed up in that nineties Gen X loud distortion. You know, we've got certainly this kind of punk ethos, but songwriting wise, it shares so much with the Beatles and it just makes perfect sense to me. So let me play another before I play some of these uh, alt versions that I think you guys will enjoy. So a track like lithium from Nevermind. This one, you, you kind of got to put your your <laughs> your goggles on, your Beatles goggles, your Beatles thinking cap on to hear it. But think about how he's just got this little interesting chord progression and this repeated melody that's kind of, it's kind of changing the key or it's maybe modal. I don't really even know the right music theory term for it, but he's not doing the note you would expect him to do. Uh, and then the chorus is a very simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's the maybe it's our post chorus is I love you. I'm not going to crack. We're going to, we're not going to play that part. Um, 
But just think about the verse and the the pre-chorus or the, or the chorus, if that's what we want to call it. Just this little this little puzzle box of a set of chords and melody that really, to me, sounds like a later Beatles Paul McCartney type stuff. And I'm gonna I'm gonna prove it in a second. But here first is the Nirvana version of Lithium. I'm so lonely. That's okay. Shave my head. And I'm not sad. And just maybe I'm too blame for all I've heard. And I'm not sure. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet you there. Okay, so now we're going to have some fun because there are some individuals on YouTube <laughs> who have uh, shared their... I don't know, goods with the world. And it is, uh, there's some real treasures on here. Um, first thing I want to play is this guy who I, I believe is Japanese, uh, just from the, just from the sound of his voice. He did a Beatles ish style arrangement of lithium where I think you can kind of hear the thing I'm talking about. His name is Moogie X Fashbaugh. F-A-S-H-B-A-W. Moogie spelled just like you'd think. I don't know anything about anything about this person, uh, but I love what he decided to do here. I'm so happy because today I found my friends. They're in my head. I'm so ugly, but that's okay. So he's kind of doing like a Paul long and winding road, maybe even kind of an Abbey Road era, Paul sort of approach, piano heavy. And honestly, it fits in perfectly, in my opinion. It's a, a kind of slightly silly take that this individual has made, but like, you get what I'm saying. Um, so now since we've had these AI voices more recently available in the last year or so, there's a John Lennon AI voice that apparently people can use and, and do these like, uh, you know, fake sounds where it's like, it's John Lennon singing the song, or it sounds kind of like John Lennon, but of course it's a, it's a computer program, but listen to these two versions. So about a girl is the first song I thought of as being kind of Beatlesy, and then "Drain You" also from Nevermind. Uh, listen to how this sounds, I and mean, this is, of course, people are doing the instruments themselves, kind of doing a cover in slightly a Beatles style, and then having the AI John Lennon voice do the vocals. But listen to how at home it sounds when you just throw Lennon's voice on it. Wow. 
pretty fun, right? Uh, we probably should just hear the, I, I don't feel like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't hear only the uh, AI and amateur YouTube cover. Let's actually hear about a girl from the Nirvana version uh, to compare. And remember, that's the track he said he wrote after listening to the Beatles all night. Okay, one more. Uh, I will play the Nirvana version first. This is a song I absolutely love. This is a probably a top four song for me off of Nevermind. Here's Drain You. One baby to another says I'm lucky to meet you. I'm So this enterprising AI musician chose to kind of recreate like a Nirvana unplugged version of this song. That's kind of the musical arrangement and then throwing John Lennon's AI voice over top. And the image, by the way, if you track down this particular YouTube clip is like a superimposed John Lennon face on Kurt Cobain's body from Nirvana unplugged with the cashmere sweater. And it's like super, super creepy. But listen to how at home this sounds as a John Lennon song. If I was going to talk about it in terms of the Beatles catalog, I think the thing that Kurt is doing that is very early Beatles is these like short progressions with a repeated catchy melody, a lot of yaz and haze and kind of non-lyric vocals, that sort of simple, repetitive uh, little hook boxes that reminds me so much of the earliest Beatles stuff. But then the specific way in which he darkens up the chord progressions and darkens up the melodies and puts that angst and that grunge edge on it, that reminds me of the later Beatles stuff, which is why I think the songs sound, the like fake Beatles versions of the songs sound like late Beatles. They don't sound like the early stuff, but there's definitely some of that very straightforward, so stripped down, which is really, I guess, kind of punk rock. That is also what punk rock did. 
And, you know, Dave Grohl always said in interviews that he just thought Nirvana was a punk band and never liked the term grunge. I guess the term grunge is like the term emo. No bands that are actually emo want to be called emo. I guess it was the same for grunge in the 90s. Um, but anyway, so that's my Nirvana take. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's move on to Weezer. So, okay, if Weezer had been in the Power Pop tournament, who's to say I wouldn't have been forced to veto them all the way through to the championship? I, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't have done that. And I know Steve loves Weezer. We had just spent so much time talking about Weezer uh, with Roman on the Weezer Albums tournament, so I left them out of it. But Weezer is really and ha has been throughout an incredible power pop revival band. I mean, we can start with the chorus of Buddy Holly. I mean, the music video itself is set in the happy days, you know, TV set. Uh, so obviously they knew what they were doing there, but it doesn't, it isn't only on that song. I think you can find evidence of the power pop DNA, right? Like a, a tight little construction of a pop song that harkens back to 60s pop, sometimes via bands like Cheap Trick and The Cars, who kind of put an 80s spin on it. But consider, for instance, Keep Fishing from Maladroit, which was one of their singles. I could totally hear the Beatles doing that song. That bass line in the chorus sounds like a Paul McCartney bass line to me. Uh, you know, I just love this stuff. I mean, think about the Green Album, much maligned by the hardcore fans of, of the band. I loved it. I still love it. Uh, a track like Photograph. I mean, this just sounds to me like a straight up early 60s Beatles tune. If you want it, you can have it. You gotta learn to reach out there and grab it Cause everybody wants some love Shoot it from the stars above And though my heart will break There's more than I can take I can never get enough If you need it You should show it Those hand claps and ooey -oo, uh Background vocals A fun little connection here we talked about motion city soundtrack in the first power pop episode and the we played a song from their third record and that record was actually produced half and half by adam schlesinger schlesinger so hard to say that adam schlesinger from fountains of wayne and half by rick okasik from the cars who did weezer's blue album green album uh, and a couple others so they're obviously, they're, they're all swimming in the same pool, drawing from the same influences. It, it would have been really fun to 
to have uh, Weezer in the Power Pop tournament. Oh, well. Uh, maybe I can find one more example just because I never tire of playing Weezer tracks. The song L.A. Girls from the White Album, which is kind of a, a become a fan favorite, kind of a cult favorite, an album that Roman and I uh, both recommended vociferously uh, on that episode. This track is awesome and totally has that little power pop formula. get the point so perhaps we can move to our final topic here which is my own band Sherwood I don't like to talk about us too much on the show um, but I was thinking about the power pop thing and I was like okay it kind of makes sense so the the first way that it makes sense is we started off very specifically influenced by the Beach Boys and there is a lot of sort of instrumental stuff and vocal arrangements and bridges that kind of do that Beach Boys thing. And that's, you know, that's an aesthetic choice that doesn't necessarily make it power pop revival. What it needs to be power pop revival is also to have this kind of simple kind of classic 60s pop construction of the song of the chords uh, and the vocal melody. Now it feels very precarious playing Sherwood songs after Nirvana and Weezer songs. I know they're not as good. I don't think that my songs compare in any way, but it is kind of fun to, to figure out these influences. Um, so like here is from our first record, Sing to Keep Going, a song called Gentleman of Promise that I think, you know, fits the bill for, for Power Pop Revival. stuff there are some sherwood songs i'm going to talk about later because joe our drummer and i are going to do our top five or top ten sherwood songs and there's one i'm thinking of that is definitely going to be in that list that i'm not going to play right now so i'm going to pick something that's a little bit uh, outside of those top tracks but that i think really shows that this kind of power pop revival thing is never too far was never too far from my mind as a songwriter this is a track lesser known track from our third record Q it's called what are you waiting for and you know this could be considered kind of like a fountains of Wayne uh, homage almost uh, let's hear that one paper one 
Okay, that's enough solipsism and uh, navel-gazing, uh, narcissistic mirror-staring for this episode. Um, but still kind of fun. Just fun to share those thoughts. Um, that's it. We got a lot more coming. Uh, I don't know what's going to come out first. I might, I'll probably try and release this soon. So that means that coming next will be the ska punk tournament, which has been recorded and just needs to be uh, mixed and put together in its final form. Also, I will be putting out my regular, like non rock year end playlist. I, I believe I've already recorded that as well. Just looking for a time to put that out and a bunch of fun stuff coming up, which I've mentioned on other pods at the end. So lots to look forward to. If you enjoy this show, I, you know, we did have our, our son, he's born, he is out in the world, uh, born on the 9th of December. His name is Stellan. He is awesome. He is just starting to reach his arms out to me when I cuddle with him and it is absolutely melting my heart. Makes me want to write some power pop songs. Yeah. Someday. Okay, enough of that. Thank you guys for listening. And yeah, I just love making the show. I always say that, but peace.